All right. Good morning, Church on the Rock. Woo! All right. It has uh, started to become summer and then winter again, uh, only in Canada. I uh, hope you can all stay, and uh, for the barbecue, we are going to have a good time kicking off the summer season. Uh, can I tell you, well, the reason why we're having the barbecue is not just because we want to feed our people, all right? We, we're not breaking them up and causing more and more bread and hamburgers to pre be produced. The idea is for you all to be able to get to meet some people that you might not know. And uh, I, I know sometimes people say, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I can get connected. Well, well, start to get connected and just reach out and get to meet some people around here. Uh, I hope you can do that. If you are new here to Church on the Rock, we usually preach through series. And we're at the end of a series called Trusting God, Trusting God. And uh, we're going to sort of uh, close up this loop. And we're going to have a few one-off sermons. And then we'll hit our summer series that will take us through the whole summer. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get ready. Let's pray and ask God to be able to show us what's in his holy word. Oh, God. We love you. You are utterly amazing. You are good all the time. And Lord, uh, we need to be able to trust you. So Lord, I, I pray for clarity around what it means to trust you. I pray that you'll motivate us and, and give us a good direction today how to trust in you. And Lord, I, I pray that today will change our perspectives. I, I pray that today right now in this next 25 minutes, 30 minutes, that you would speak to us so we see life differently and can walk in that in a different way and ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's, uh, it's fun to be a pastor for a lot of years. I see trends, and, and one of the trends that I, I've seen happen is that the whole area of being trust, you know, trust me, just somebody saying trust me, just all of a sudden, it's just like, like nosedived. It's, it's just hard to say that. Even me just saying, trust me, will traumatize you and trigger some of you. Just because there's been so much broken trust at businesses, at homes, like parent wounds, all that kind of stuff. To the point where you go, I don't know if I can trust anybody. And then, you come to church, right? You come to church. And the pastor gets up there saying, wow, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. And uh, I know so, if you're on the way to God, if you are uh, not quite there yet, I know that the right answer for you is, why should I trust him? I don't even know him. Why should I even bother to trust him? But for Christians, trust in the Lord seems like it just sort of flows off our, our tongues. And I think that's because we equate trusting God with prayer trusting God. I'm just going to trust God for that. means I'm just going to pray for that. And the problem with that is sometimes when we say, I'm going to trust God to do this, and you pray, and he doesn't do whatever you're asking for, you feel like God has broken trust, like many, many other people have broken trust in their lives. I, I think some people's level of trust in God is pretty low because you just feel like he's let you down. But at the same time, God invites you to ask. He says he's good. He says he likes giving good gifts. You know, if you're a parent, you know, your kid, okay, can I have some bread? Can we go to Tim Hortons? You don't take him to the gravel yard. No, it's just not even funny. It's, it's no, you, we, if we know how to give good gifts, 
certainly God does. Certainly God does. And there's many reasons why prayers are not answered with a yes. And uh, this isn't what this series is about, but it, it's, we need to at least touch on it. One reason, one reason why God does not answer our prayers the way we want them to do, want them to, because our idea of good and his idea of good are two different things. Uh, we think something would be amazing and wonderful, and uh, I'm not sure if he is fully convinced. I, I remember this one young man in uh, my youth group a lot of years ago. He had a crush on this one girl so bad, and he tried, you know, sent her notes, brought her chocolates, did everything he could to try and get her to be interested in him. And then he finally said, okay, when all else failed, he decided to pray about it. So he came to me and said, Dave, will you talk to God and make her fall in love with me? Because that's how prayer works, right? <laughs> I said, no, God's not going to make anybody do anything, but Dave, she and I would be so perfect. And uh, so uh, I said, well, maybe you should just like give it a rest a little bit. Maybe you're, you're flooding her. They just started to get into a little bit of, uh, you know, a pastoral counseling there. Well, fast forward quite a few years, and I, I hang out with this guy, and he's married with a great family, not to that young woman. And uh, I said, do you remember? Do you remember her? And he says, oh, Dave, that would have been horrible. <laughs> I just smiled. I just smiled. So God kind of knew what he was doing, huh? And he says, yes. And in fact, he, he listens to country music, which I, I still love him in the Lord. But uh, I, I do. And, and he reminded me there's a Garth Brooks song. I'm, okay, I'm going to, Garth Brooks song, I'm not sure how, any, how many people will admit they heard it. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Anybody heard that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, woo, all right, all right, okay. You probably put up, that's awesome. So yes, there's some reasons why God might say, <laughs> say no to some things. Another reason, another reason is this. Well, I love to give good gifts, but you know what? I never actually promised to do that. I, I would, <laughs> I, you know, growing up as a, as a young teenage uh, a guy, and my, my parents going out shopping, when they brought food back was a major event in my life, right? I wanted to eat half the refrigerator that day. And so as, as they came back, I'd tear through the things, and I noticed my, it's horrible, I know, I, this is like for counseling, okay? They did not bring ice cream bars home. I know, I know. I, I, I sure, yeah, I need counseling for that one. So I remember going to my parents saying, Mom, Dad, you didn't bring home the ice cream bars. You know what they said? Now, how dare they say this? We never said we would. But you're good. And you should know my every need. <laughs> Sometimes we treat God that way, right? You are so good and you know my every need, so of course you're going to flood me with ice cream bars. But sometimes God says, you know what? I never, never actually promised I said I would do that. Because breaking promises is a trust issue, is a trust issue. And the beautiful thing is, instead of just going down those roads in this series, I thought, could we take a bit of a pause with some of our doubts and look at some of the breath taking promises that God did promise. He said, I'm promising you 
that I'm going to do that. I remember uh, as a parent, and it, it's uh, amazing to have my daughter here, and uh, woo, yeah, I, yeah, yay. I'm, I'm allowed to do that? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm the pastor. I guess I can't. Anyway, so, so I remember sometimes she would ask me certain things. Are, are we going to do this? Are we going to go this way? And I knew, I knew, I just knew. You know, like, I didn't want to disappoint her, so I'd say, I think we can. I hope we can. Maybe we can, right? And then every so often she'd look, because she knew the deal we had. Do you promise you're going to do that? Because I knew once I promised, you know, heaven and earth, okay, <laughs> I'm going to make that happen. Because, because I, I read somewhere once, when somebody makes a promise, they reach into the future and make something secure. Isn't that beautiful? I promise I will do this. So I'm going to reach in the future, and all the uncertainty of life, I'm going to make this little bit secure. And so once in a while, I would go, okay, I promise I will do that. A little smile on her face. She knew that was going to happen because a promise is a promise. Now, now those who are good parents understand this. The thing is, we have a good heavenly father who makes promises, and promises are a promise. A promise reaching out into the future that makes something secure. And in this series, we've looked through, and, and if this is your first time, you'd like to catch up on the series, where just go to our website, and you can, you can listen to some of our messages. But here are some of the promises over the series that we've talked about, that God promises. He promises to be attentive to every prayer. So every time you pray and you go, God, are you even listening? You don't even have to ask that because God promises for his children. He will be attentive to your prayer. He will lean in and listen. Every single time you pray, you go, but he, he hasn't done. Well, that's okay. He's listened. He's good. He's active. Something's going on. I don't know what's going on, but something is going on. And you can rest assured in your heart that you as a child of the king can go and ask. Next thing we talked about is that God promises to be a father to anyone who asks. Anyone. Uh, we, we, we are all lost and on our own. But if at any time in your life you say, listen, I can't do this on my own. I believe you died and rose again for the forgiveness of my mess. Come in, I, I just surrender my life to you. You have it. That, at that moment, he promises that he will be your heavenly father. It, well, Dave, you don't know how much I've done. It doesn't matter because he promised and a promise is a promise. When you call out to him, when you surrender your life to him, when you say, okay, God, you've got me. You've got me. He now says, I promise. Doesn't matter your background, whatever religion you're from, as long as you depend on Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin, he will reach in and come and take control. God promises to be faithful and love his children. I, I, that's like a, this, this is this point of, of things that in the back of your mind you go, mm, you know, oh, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. God, no, it's a promise and a promise is a promise that he promises, it's called in, in Hebrew hasad, it's a faithful love to his children. Last week we talked about his promise of provision when we're generous, when we're generous, he promises to provide for us. And, and, and I know you go, oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because I can pray. It's kind of invisible. 
you know, I consider it a hope. And, but like, for me to be generous, that's the real deal, right? Will he really give me provision? No, he promises that. There's so many more promises. There's one more. There's one more I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle. And just realizing we're sort of dipping our toe in this whole subject because God is good. And the promises he makes, he sticks to. This is a promise I love because we need this promise in this moment in our history. God promises strength or power. He promises strength to you. He promises power within. And I, <laughs> do you need that? I know I do. Like, yeah, I vote for God, please. I need your strength. I need this. I need this. I, I, I need this sometimes just to get out of bed. I need strength and power as a parent. Not to end the lives of our children, right? Come on. <laughs> I need God's power not to power up with them. I need God's power just to be able to do exams during exam times or those crazy papers that come all the time. I just need God's power. And this is why it's breathtaking when, when God promises his empowerment. And you go, really? Oh, that's just one of those nice, you know, Christian things. But let's, let's listen to it again. I love God's word. It's just, it refreshes my soul. Uh, Isaiah 41.10 I know many of you know this, but let's listen. Slow down and listen to it as if for the first time. Do not fear, for I am with you. And that is the key all the way through scriptures. He keeps on saying, listen, you don't have to be afraid of the situation because you're actually bound to someone bigger and stronger than you. I am actually with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Not only are you bound to me, not only are you intertwined with me, but I am God and I am your God. I will strengthen you. Not maybe, not kind of, sort of. I will strengthen you and help you. And that's what we need, isn't it? I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And, and, and in, the, in the Old Testament, the, the shield was worn on the left. The, the, the right hand would carry the sword, the club, the weapon. And so the right hand was the symbol of power. And so when, when you, you hear about the right hand of God's justice, that, that's powerful justice. And this is what he said, I'm going to uphold you with my power. This is a role that God loves to take. He loves to strengthen his people with his power within. He will strengthen us with his power. I can tell you verse after verse, I, I, wanna, I have to at least slip in one more. This is my life verse. I have two, two uh, verses that this is what I say, this is who I am. This is what I build my life around, and, and you don't have to like them yourself, but I love them. Colossians 1, 28 to 29, it says, we proclaim him, Paul's saying, admonishing every person that's saying, listen, you need God, teaching every person that, that's, that's trying to disciple them with all wisdom, so that we can get everybody to just know things, no, so that we can present Every person complete in Christ. It's a maturity, a completeness that, that, that we just keep on teaching, keeping on admonishing people. And then he says this, as if to say, well, it's easy. You get to work one hour a week, right? It's not that bad. He goes like this, no, for this purpose also I labor, <laughs> striving. You just go, oh, that doesn't sound nice. <laughs> until, until you get to this part. According to his power. His, which mightily works within me. It's this, this power that mightily works 
within me. This is more than positive thinking. This is more than mantras in the morning. This is tangible, supernatural power of God working through you. It gives you endurance that you can run faster, go longer. It, it, it gives you this thing where all of a sudden something comes up within you. And, and it's different. It's almost like you're, you're floating above the things that should be so hard. It's because it's God's power, his Holy Spirit, supernatural power within. I've experienced it again and again. And it sounds like this in the scripture, Isaiah 40, 31. Yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. That's us. And they will mount up like wings like eagle. There's this, this underdraft that will carry us in difficult situations. They will run and not get tired. That's over a length of time. They'll walk and not be weary. That's over a long time. That's, that's just endurance. I love that, that word wait. Those who wait on the Lord, half the time in some translations it's, it's, it's translated wait. The other half is, is hope. And you go, are you hoping, waiting? Are you hoping that you don't have to wait? I, you know, what's that word all about? When you, you dig into the Hebrew, it's really awesome. The word wait is, is kava, which means to bind together, to intertwine, and to anticipate. You go, how do those two things work together? It's like you're bound to someone else, and you're intertwined, but that person you're intertwined with is more powerful than you, and more better versed than you, that knows everything that needs to be known. So you're tied, tied to somebody who is great and powerful and almighty. Those who intertwine, those who bind themselves to the almighty God will mount up like, uh, like wings on eagles. And so this is a very active, active binding up of ourselves to God. Okay, thanks, Dave. Good to know. I now know a new Hebrew word, and I feel like I have good knowledge. But here on church, at the Church on the Rock, we always try and be practical. Practical. How can this be helpful? Well, St. Augustine or St. Augustine, however you like to say it, who was uh, born in the mid-300s, so that's, that's about how, how uh, long he was away from the death and resurrection of Jesus, was a theologian from Hippo, North Africa. And uh, he was a bishop of that area, uh, probably one of the more famous Christians of the, the time. And he had these things he called movements of holiness. Movements of holiness. And he would take through the monks and the, the other bishops through these movements of holiness. Uh, J.I. Packard uh, outlines it in, uh, in more modern terms. And he calls it Augustine's movements of holiness. Holiness. This is a, a movement of holiness to have power over temptation. This is a power to parent well. This is the power to do an exam actually on time. This is power within. And St. Augustine, he says that there's three movements. And so we're going to look at what he thinks is, is the three movements of receiving strength and power from God. Number one, he says the very first thing you need to do is to admit weakness. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't that kind of go against what culture says? Culture tells you, you could do anything. Believe in yourself. You can run faster, jump higher, do anything. And then you try and run and jump and you fail. And you go, well, that didn't work. Where God starts off with saying, hey, 
<laughs> I am going to do amazing things through you. But guess what? You can't be doing it. I have to get the glory for this. And so you have to, first of all, admit that you're weak. Isn't that awesome? So opposite. And this verse, I, I loved it so much, I've just added it to my memory pack. I, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is all you need. For my power is greatest when you're weak. Isn't that, wouldn't that be a good thing to memorize? 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is all you need. For my power is greatest when you're weak. By the way, we do word studies sometimes here at Church in the Rock, and some people uh, wonder what the word grace means. Grace is, is when God gives you the desire and the power to do his will. Yes, it's his unmerited favor, but you don't know what that unmerited favor is. It's actually the desire and power to do his will. You can see it here. My grace is all you need for my power. It's, it's the parallelism. We don't need to get into this. But the idea is God's grace is his power. And so my power is all you need, my strength, my desire. For my power is greatest when you are weak. Wow. Well, what do I need power to do? I need to start with my weakness. This is uh, going against a self-reliant, strong society that says we can do anything. Every so often I love to uh, listen to John Mark Comer. And uh, he says things in such a more eloquent way than I ever can. And uh, I was listening to a clip of his. And this is uh, how he says it. So very few people, in particular Upwardly mobile, creative uh, class people have so few stories of the hand of God in their lives is because we live in such an extraordinarily control over the situation. We just control as much as we can. Because we live in Canada, we control nature, homes for heat and air conditioning. Do you remember the days where you went to elementary school with no air conditioning? Or is that just me? Oh, okay, thank you. I see that hand. Yeah. We'll pray for your soul. We know the weather days in advance, so guess what? We don't have to pray about it. We know what our paycheck is going to be, and so we don't ask God to provide for us because it's all good. We know everything, and everything is so under control that being weak or under, out of control is the one thing that we work against again and again and again. But guess what? Weakness is this frame that God does his most beautiful paintings on. When we, we, we look around the world and you, there, there's breathtaking moments where you, ah, that was a miracle of God. Oh my goodness, do we even serve the same? That was another miracle. How do these miracles happen all the Guess what? They don't have anything. Isn't that great? I've heard of people from other countries praying for us. And they're so sad for us because we have everything. And because of that, we have nothing. John Mark Comer continues to, uh, to, to write uh, about this. Um, he's, he says this, you've never even given God a chance to come to you in your vulnerabilities, in your pain, in your suffering. We're stripped of control and we're no longer captain of our own ship when our... We are humans, broken, weak, desperate, contingent, in need, like most of the rest of the world who will tell you about the story of God's power in their lives. St. Augustine's movements of holiness, number one, admit your weakness. 
I'll give you examples of this in a moment. I just want you to get the three steps. Step number one, we admit your weakness. Talk to him. I can't do this. I can't love this person. You tell me to love this person, I can't. I can't forgive that person. There's no way I can do that. I can't give this presentation. Ah, oh, I'm horrible up front. I can't finish this paper. My mind is scattered everywhere. I can't run from this temptation. The temptation is too strong. I can't even close that bag of potato chips. They taste so good. And the scriptures say, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, tells us how amazing we all are. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. Isn't that great? We are all so inadequate. We just have to admit it. And then there isn't a period, but just a comma, and it says, but, but, our adequacy is from God, who allows us to do more than we could ever hope or imagine. Step number one, admit to your weakness. Step number two, ask for his strength or power. Ask for his strength or power. This is uh, us trusting in him. This is us taking, take, God, God, I need your power to do this now. I need your help to do this now. I can't close that bag of potato chip. I'm going to kill that kid. Get me out of the room or something. Help me, God, in this moment. I, I, I can't resist this temptation. You've got to help me, God. I need you. I can't, but you can. Galatians 2.20, I remember I was a fairly new Christian, and, and people who are memorizing scripture around me said, Dave, you got to memorize this one. This is one of the first ones, so this is one of the first ones I looked at. And I remember at first I go, I don't get it. Why is it so good? It's like, it's not, oh, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, I want better verses. <laughs> and this is what it was. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by, what? By trusting. Because God has promised the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live this life by just day by day, moment by moment, situation by situation. Trust, I can't do this, you can. I can't do this, you can. God, help me. God, you got to help me close this chip bag, love this person, run from this temptation. And then the third thing that St. Augustine says, you take a step in the right direction. You're not going to walk the whole way. You just take a step. Just take a step of faith. Faith takes action. Noah built the boat. Abram moved his family. How did Abram move his family where he didn't even need to go? He packed everything up and went, Woo, that's what he did. He took one step. That's all he did. Just take one step towards it. Well, how did Noah build the boat? Oh, how big is this thing going to be? Okay, give me an axe. He just, he, you know, he chopped one chop, all right? He just took one step. You take a step in the right direction. And guess what? God's power will be there for you. God's strength will be there for you. I can't. You can. Oh, I guess I can. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, wow. God, you've helped me. You've held me up. On, on, like like, like a, an underdraft. I think I could take another step. And we keep on walking with God through faith until we start to try and do it on our own. <laughs> and then he reminds us that we can't do that 
on our own. Uh, but we need to get in that wheelbarrow. We need to say, I can't. I am going to actually get into your arms. God, you are the one that is going to move me. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith. I'm going to take a step of faith. God's help me. God, give me strength. And what does this look like? Oh, I want to eat the whole bag of chips, the family size one. <laughs> Even though other voices will say, don't do it. I will want to do it. Share. <laughs> I go, God, I can't do this on my own. Help me. Move the bag away. Oh, you'll find that God helps you. You'll find that God, I don't want to do this paper. I've done so many papers. This is late getting in to the prof. I don't know. The prof hasn't got enough marks back to me. He deserves it. You know, I get it late for him. Yeah. Oh, what does chat? Maybe I can get somebody else to write it. I'll get AI to write it, right? Oh, no, that's wrong. What do I do? What do I do? Right? <laughs> Professor says no. Uh, oh, God, I just can't do this. I don't want to. Can you give me strength to do this? Turn the laptop on. Click the file. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're, hel you're, you're helping me take a step. I need you. I need you. I, uh, he does this when he stretches you, not just when you're in trouble. You know this if you've started to walk with the Holy Spirit, what he does. He taps you on the shoulder, and you're sitting there just minding your own business, just being a good Christian, smiling at people even, going the second mile. And then there's somebody over there, and you get the tap. You should pray for them. Are you kidding me? I'm supposed to pray out loud even. I'm supposed to pray for someone else? I can't. Well, you got the first step right. You can't. And then you go, oh, God, help me. Hey, I was thinking, do you need prayer? Well, I took a step. I took a step. And you know what's going to happen because this happened to me dozens and dozens and dozens of times. How did you know? How did you know I needed somebody to pray for me? God's power is there for you to do what you need to do. I can't forgive that person. Oh, I just hate them. I just can't what they did. And I circled that in my mind again. And finally, I'm going to admit, I said, okay, God, I just can't forgive them. I just, I can't do it. You're going to have to forgive them in and through me. You're going to have to do this because I just can't do this. Can you, God, please. And then, okay, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to pray for them right now. I'm going to pray for my enemies. God, can you bless them? Guess what he'll do? He'll start to bring back things. They need a lot of help, don't they? Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. No, they don't. You'll start to find the supernatural power of God will give you strength from above to do the things that are supernatural. Those are the Augustine steps. Admit your weakness. Ask for strength and take a step. Take a step. Uh, an older story, but I, I, it, it reminds me of, of a, a situation I was in. I, I led a, a, um, 
a, a group, youth group to a missions trip in Poland. We built a chapel, we cleared out some of a forest, helped them, and we did uh, various sort of uh, uh, drama things on the streets. It was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, in the midst of that, uh, at an afternoon, the, the, the Poles and the Canadian kids saying, okay, let's play a game of soccer. And us, you know, the Canadians thought, yeah, we're really good at soccer. We can take Europeans on, no problem. <laughs> Oh my, we got whooped like you wouldn't believe, me and another guy called Casey. We, we, I didn't even know what we were, I was sliding in, I had my leg all scraped up, it was like bad, I had to get shots for it. Anyway, in the midst of us just being like totally obliterated by these this European kids, one of our guys said, hey, we know how to swim. Okay, great. So they're going to have a swimming race, of course. So we, there's a little island out there. So all the guys, Wah! and they're all going there, whipping their clothes off. They're, they're going to swim, and then their gitchies out to the island and back. I'm the youth pastor going, okay, no, don't, don't strip anymore. No, <laughs> no more. And trying to get us all, trying to look at everybody going, I was a really good swimmer. I'm going, okay, man, I want to get in there and swim, but I got to, you know, at least hang around for their safety. I saw this one guy. He's going, He's running out there, and I've seen him swim before, and he drowned, almost drowned in the shallow end. So I, I, I said, hey, hey, buddy, come on, come on. You played well in soccer. You don't need to, I can do this. I know how to swim, Dave. No, come on. Uh, me short of tugging him back out was not going to remove him from the water. But uh, I have my NLS. I, I know how to save people who are drowning. So he started there. I went and got the light boy. I just knew what was going to happen. So he's back there, and he's going. And his arms are like thrashing like crazy, but he's not moving. Is he on the ground? Just doesn't know how to swim. And then I remember... Hey, Ben, Ben, come on back, come on back. And realizing he probably couldn't even do that. Anyway, he says, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm good. He had it under control, I guess. So I just waited. <whistles> Until he started to drown. <laughs> what good youth pastors do. I waited in a little bit. Then, then I saw this panic in his eye. <gasps> And he started to say, help, help, all right, okay, help, that's help, that's a good thing. So I took the black boy, woo, <laughs> I didn't beat him, all right, I put it right out in front of him. And in the midst of this, he reached out and grabbed that, brought him back in, he said, Dave, I got some water in my lungs. Oh, yeah, that, I'm sure that was it. <laughs> As he sat down, yeah, valiant try, Ben, it's a good, good job. I started to see that's what the Christian life is. I can do this. I got this down. I am going to make it. I can make it on my own. And God goes, no, you really can't. Until you realize we're brought to the end of ourselves. And we say, God, I need you. God, I need you. Help. And you take one, reach out, one step of faith, and his power is there. His power is there. I do this every single Sunday. It's breathing with me now. Before I get on this stage, I, uh, I say, God, I can't do this. I know you and I have talked about this for hours and hours through this week, trying to figure this one out. But God, I, it seems too simple. <laughs> Did I get enough scripture in? Did I make it too complicated for people who are on the way to God? I, I get all these like thoughts that just come in all the time. Isn't that weird? And so... I'm over there, 
And I say, okay, God, I, I can't do this. But you can. You are the one that can make this powerful, not me. I am weak, but you are strong. I get up here, and God fills me. It's a good thing. And that is called walking with the Spirit. And that's a promise that we can trust God for. Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a breathtaking thing? That you are not alone in this life. God is beside you, in you, and can work through you and do more than you thought that you ever could because he is God. And you're not, but he loves it when he takes a common peanut butter jar, a jar of clay, pours his power in it. So at the end of the day, who gets the glory, the jar of clay or the power that works through it? May we all be powerful people in leaning into God. I'm going to pray. And during this time of prayer, and I'm going to, uh, worship team, come on up. I'm going to ask you to do a few things. As we worship, you can do this now. Is there some things that you just realize, I'm not sure if I can do this on my own. God, help me. I admit my weakness, God. Help me. What step do you want me to take? As we worship, I believe God speaks to us. If you're on your way to God, if you're not there yet, if you, you would like Jesus as your father, this is the step of faith he wants you to take. I can't, I can't be good enough myself, God. I am going to trust you with my whole life. Here's my life, God. It's yours. It's yours. We have a prayer corner that's open. For those of you who would like somebody to pray for you. We have our communion table open. If you are a believer, you're welcome to come and take communion and enjoy that. We even have our giving table back there in our worship place. So you can give as an act of worship. As we sing, as we worship, let all this goodness come up to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your promises are breathtaking. I am not alone to do this on my own. You promised that you would give me strength. You will strengthen me. You will help me. And so, God, give us all strength, Lord, to admit our weakness, to depend on you, and lead us in what is our first step to take. We look forward to your power within. In Jesus' name, amen.